Do you feel lucky, punk? It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that crushes other Medicare podcasts like the bugs they are. Preaching to the choir, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, well, it's another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. It's uh, time for us to display our our Medicare knowledge. We'll prance around the room like uh, smarty pants, and we'll we'll lord it over you until you realize that you should be asking for a copy of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and I would send you over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, where you might put in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 in the search window, and uh, then you'll have the option to get a magnificent hardcover book that's a little on the pricey side or a uh, run-of-the-mill but very, very lightly priced informative paperback book. Uh, if you want to really make your money uh, last longer, you can get the ebook, the Kindle version of the book, which is less than $4. And you can also get the Audible book. So you have those four choices at Amazon.com. Either way you go, whichever one of these you choose, you're going to wind up with a valuable fount of Medicare knowledge. You're going to have an easy read. It's not going to take up very much of your time. When you are finished, you put it on your shelf, and when that Medicare time rolls around, you can take it off your shelf and look up the email uh, the email address uh, of yours truly and get in touch with me and I will be able to guide you the rest of the way through Medicare and I'll be able to help you get the insurance that you need to fill out your Medicare protection so that medical costs will not be a scary thing for you. So having said all that, I'd like to introduce my friend and compadre, Randy Carson, who is sitting on the other side of the screen from me. Hello, Randy. How are things going for you today? I'm good, Doug. And yes, you're right. My name is Randy Carson today. There you it's go. Always, it's always it's always Randy Carson. Well, I don't want to have to change all the uh, listings that I have. For you, so keep it that oh, way if you can. I I will. I I've got a middle name, but I don't use it a lot. BB. BB. You know, that's your every, family, isn't that your mother's family? Yeah, it's my mother's family, and those of you who are anywhere close to Iowa or any have a computer and a copy of Google to search with, BB Town, Iowa, is where my mother was born and raised, and that's her family's town. They invented it, they grew it, and it's still there. Well, where I grew up in Illinois, we had a family of BBs that were very, very nice people, as I recall. Never once did they mention BB Iowa as their place of origin. Well, we're not all related, but uh, it, we always say, are you a three-eed BB or are you a four-eed BB? Oh, boy. Well, you know, something just occurred to me. Uh, I knew that I had seen that name written someplace other than the playground, you know, but um, Wayne, Wayne, Illinois is famous for as the home of Marguerite Henry, 
who was a woman who wrote children's books about animals. And so she had a million books that were really popular, but one of the most popular of all was about Misty the Pony from Chincoteague Island. Um, What happened was a Spanish galleon uh, was shipwrecked in the 1500s off of the uh, the, uh, North Carolina or Virginia coast. And uh, a couple of ponies escaped. And I guess all it takes is a couple and you leave them alone for a hundred years and you got a herd of ponies all over the place. And so uh, she actually adopted one of these ponies and it became the subject of some of her books, Misty of Chincoteague, and uh, I think there were a couple of other ones, but she became a celebrity. And uh, I've got a picture of my sister sitting on Misty uh, on the day that Misty had to leave to go back to Chincoteague Island to be bred. But uh, the, the, the family who on Chincoteague Island, who had adopted her and who t- took care of her and kept her well taken care of uh, was named BB also. So if you've got any relatives that live on the East coast out in the islands, the barrier islands, I offer the, either the Carolinas or Virginia, uh, then that's where that BB came from. And I'd like to know if there's a connection there. Well, we'll, we'll definitely do some searching, but, uh, the old, our differentiator is often how the name is spelled either B E B E E or B E E B E or B E E B E E. And we're the B E B E E version. You know, the <laughs> I was watching the needle on the uh, uh, potentiometer <laughs> here, and it kind of went off the charts a few times. Say that really quick. Yeah, that's yeah. I've, I, I've done that my whole life because everybody goes, well, do you have a middle name? And I'll say, yeah. And I'll <laughs> say, well, what is it? BB. And I go, and then I, then I have to spend, you know, the next half hour explaining where that came from. Well, I got to tell you, I, my explanation for my middle name is very short. Brian with a Y came out of the Oklahoma City telephone directory. <laughs> I, you know, somehow I don't believe that. What? The, well, that's what I was always told. I'm telling you right now, we had a perfectly good name that starts with a B in our family that goes back over a thousand years. And that that name is B-A-T-T-A-I-L-E. Americanized, you pronounce it battle. But uh, it goes back to Normandy uh, back uh, at the time of William the Conqueror. And they could have used that. I would have been perfectly happy with that. So they picked up the phone book and said, well, we've got battle we could use, but oh, let's go for Brian. Yeah, that's I, well, I don't know. They said, let's go for something in the phone book. <laughs> then the Brian floated to the surface and uh, well, all right, let's do that. Well, they got tired of paging through the phone book. That's what happened. They stopped with the bees. They could have started with a smaller town. Oklahoma City was very populous. I'm sure the phone book was hefty. Well, just be pages. thankful they didn't start at the back and and come up with Zachariah. Yeah. <laughs> or or well, they did start at the front, but they skipped Aaron A. Ardvark. So, oh well, that's good. That's uh, good. yeah. It could have been otherwise. Worse. You'd otherwise you'd be Doug Zachariah Jones. No, can't have that. Can't have that. Although <laughs> you know, there are a lot of weird kid names out there now. I thought my daughter well, nowadays, was a little yeah. wacky. Uh, yeah, they but, they really are. I don't know where they're coming up with them because I have never heard of a lot of them. Well, my grandson, one grandson is Max, and his name is Maximilian. So I'm thinking, is it Maximilian Schell, the actor that he was named after, or one of the emperors in Europe? And then uh, Alex. So there's Alexander and Maximilian. There are a couple of exes in that family that I hadn't planned on. Now that so I it's know Alexander, them, So it's Alexander the Great and Maximilian Schell? 
Well, sure, we could we could uh, do that. Certainly, we could. Uh, I I don't know that the names were mainly to uh, pay tribute to any living people. I don't think so, anyway. But uh, well, but it's better than my kids. first name. Well, my tell first, me what problem my, is. my my well, you know, my real name is Randall. You know, but yep, I, yep. I go by Randy. Yep. And when you're in Ireland, you have to go by something different because in <laughs> Randy, Randy in Ireland means basically. Yes. A horny little bastard, excuse yeah. my French. And and you know something, it kinda if the shoe fits, you might as well start to wear it. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know something? I, yes. I suppose as producer, I ought to encourage us all to move forward into some Medicare terminology, definitions, and cool stuff. All right. That would be the responsible thing to do. I always love it when uh, I get correspondence from either clients or potential clients. And so last night, uh, the uh, bell on my computer rang and I had a piece of correspondence from a potential client. And uh, I thought this was great. I started reading. It was very short, right to the point. And it was a woman named Carol. I'm not going to use her last name, but she said, I'm going to turn 65 in mid-April. Now, she's cutting it kind of short. We can certainly accomplish her Medicare coverages, but uh, I'd like her to be highly motivated. But anyway, she said, I'm going to turn 65 in mid-April right now. It's uh, the end of, or the middle of February. She said, I just started your book. And hopefully it can pull me through the mud of understanding Medicare. I'm emailing you to check if you actually respond. I hope you do. And her name is Carol. She signed it. So I wrote back immediately. I said, I hope to hear from you as soon as you finish or earlier. If I fail to explain something clearly, I'm looking forward to helping you feel more confident about this whole Medicare process. And I signed my name, Doug Jones. Then I said, P.S., when you finish, be sure to let me know how well you thought I did. Now, I sent that out to her, and I thought she would respond and say, uh, sure, you know, or I'll, I'll get back to you, or I'll let you know, or something innocuous, but nothing. So I have no idea whether my response to her message went into her spam folder or not. Often, I ask for a telephone number, and I ask people if I can facts not facts to uh if i can uh, text to that telephone number that they provided and uh often people tell me yes but sometimes they tell me no and i think it's because they're afraid i'm going to harass them follow them around stalk them but in this case and in other cases all it would be would be checking to make sure that my email was received so when somebody asks me for a quote and i send them a quote and some additional explanatory material uh then often i text them and say i just sent you an email if you don't see it look for it in your spam folder and that's it i don't spend a lot of time harassing people and i'm hoping that they uh, feel that my contact with them is productive and now I've got a little thing, a blurb, uh, very short, that I cut out of Forbes. Uh, Forbes had frequently asked questions, and I thought this fits in very nicely in our uh, podcast episode uh, content archive. So uh, here are some questions that were in Forbes. What is the difference between Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement? Uh, the answer is Medicare Advantage is a type of private insurance that provides additional coverage to Medicare 
Part A and Part B, including vision, hearing, and dental coverage. Most Medicare Advantage plans offer prescription drug coverage, Part D as well. Okay, right there. That is not true. If you read a definition like this, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. Somebody who doesn't know the Medicare industry wrote this. Medicare Advantage does not always include vision, dental, and hearing, or DVH, dental, vision, and hearing. Uh, And it doesn't offer additional coverage to Part A and Part B. It takes the place of Medicare Part A and Part B. So you don't have Medicare anymore. You have what an insurance company has provided as being actuarially equivalent they say, but uh, you often, you know, many people wind up in an argument with the bean counters that are trying to avoid having to write checks to pay bills if uh, for their Medicare Advantage plan participants. So then it goes on to say Medicare supplement plans, also known as Medigap plans, can be purchased to fill specific gaps in original Medicare coverage. These plans typically do not cover long care long-term care, vision, dental, and hearing aids. Now, we had that in our uh, previous podcast episode. There are certain charges that are not covered by Medicare, and if they're not covered by Medicare, they're not going to co- be covered by a Medicare supplement with a couple of notable exceptions. So anyway, Medicare supplement plans are sold by private insurance companies but are regulated to provide the same standard benefits across providers. That means if you buy a plan G from one company, it's going to have identical benefits to the plan G that you might buy from a different company. So they're all identical. Uh, They cannot be used to pay co-pays, deductibles, or premiums associated with Medicare Advantage plans. Well, you cannot have a Medicare supplement if you have a Medicare Advantage plan because Medicare supplements supplement Medicare. And if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, you don't have Medicare anymore. Then it says, who regulates Medicare supplement plans? Medicare supplement plans are regulated by the federal government and your state, your state's federal insurance department. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. States do not have federal insurance departments. So I'm very disappointed at Forbes that they allowed this material to go out without somebody proofreading it. But who regulates Medicare supplement plans? The federal government set the parameters. In other words, these are the things that you will cover. And then uh, uh, the states actually control the rates. And uh, if the company adds any additional things that aren't required by the feds, uh, the states uh, allow them to uh, do that if they apply properly and all that. So if they want a rate increase, they have to ask the state that they're domiciled in. And so some of these plans like Blue Cross Blue Shield operate in 50 different locations. Another question, when does Medicare supplement open enrollment take place? And the answer that they give is Medicare supplement open enrollment begins the first month you're covered by Medicare Part B and if you're age 65 years old. This initial enrollment period lasts six months. That's totally wrong, too. Every one of these answers has a complete flaw in it. The only time that you've got Medicare supplement open enrollment 
uh, is basically uh, when you first get Part B, as it said here, but it doesn't last six months. If you're turning 65, it's seven months. It's three months before your 65th birth month, the actual month of your 65th birth month, and three months after. Now, if you're retiring from a job, let's say you're 70 years old and you've decided to leave your company and you're going to get Medicare Part B because you're going to go on Medicare and leave the employer's health insurance plan behind, well, then you've got a longer period of time. You can apply for Part B to become effective at some date that would correspond with your retirement date, but you have many months after. If you accidentally screw up and forget to apply for it, you've got about eight months afterwards. So this whole question and answer uh, should be thrown out. And the last question I have on this page is, do you have to renew Medicare supplement plans every year? And the answer is Medicare supplement plans should renew automatically as long as you pay your monthly premium. And that's exactly correct. Medicare supplement plans cannot be taken away from you. They are guaranteed renewable by law as long as your premium is paid when due. That's the only thing that you can have you can uh, cause to happen have happen that would take that plan away from you. Getting sick will not cause you to have the plan taken away by anyone or it will not cause your rates to increase and uh, having uh, a run of bad luck at the craps table or whatever. As long as you pay your premium when due, then uh, nobody can take your Medicare supplement plan away from you. And uh, let's see here. I have another article here that I thought might be interesting. Since we mentioned Medicare Advantage plans at the beginning of the question and answer session, Here's an article by Diane Omdahl. She is a Medicare um, guru in Wisconsin, and her claim to fame is that she will advise you as to what to do about Medicare. The problem is you got to pay a fee for her professional advice. But she says it's an advantage because she's totally um, unbiased because she doesn't sell insurance. And I say, well, <laughs> I took, I go one step further. I'm totally biased in favor of my clients. So I sell insurance, but I don't consider that a disadvantage. I have examined the products out in the marketplace, and I have selected a portfolio of products that I think are advantageous for most of my clients. And if they're not advantageous, I tell the client. So Diane and I have different viewpoints on how best to serve those people who are approaching Medicare. But uh, I like a lot of her written articles. And so here's an article that says, it's true. Medicare Advantage costs less than original Medicare, but there's more to the story. Medicare Advantage can cost less, but it also cost, could cost a good deal more. We're in the middle of the Medicare open enrollment period. Now that takes place from the middle of October to early December. Turn on the television, and what are you likely to see? A commercial, and then another one, all for Medicare Advantage plans. These commercials hosted by celebrities, I call them washed-up celebrities, uh, and former football players, they tout the benefits of this coverage. Commercials, as well as mailings and websites, preach this point. Medicare Advantage costs less than original Medicare. Here are some examples. There are references to a study reporting that premiums and out-of-pocket costs for Medicare Advantage plans average almost $2,000 less than those in original Medicare. Where in the heck they come up with a number like that is beyond me. Insurance websites frequently note 
something to the effect that a Medicare Advantage plan can be less expensive than original Medicare. And even Medicare.gov jumps into the discussion. Medicare Advantage plans have a yearly limit on what you pay out of pocket for services and uh, Medicare Part A and Part B cover. There is no yearly limit on what you pay out of pocket for original Medicare. This is all true. Medicare Advantage plans can cost less than original Medicare. That's because Medicare Advantage plans must have a maximum out-of-pocket limit. In 2023, now listen to this carefully, in 2023, the maximum out-of-pocket for in-network services will be $8,300. If you have a lot of medical bills and you have a Medicare Advantage plan, it's entirely possible, even if you seek all of your treatment in the network, and those plans all have limited networks of doctors and hospitals, your out-of-pocket limit will be $8,300. That's the most that they can ding you. Now, for out-of-network, let's suppose that you're traveling and you have medical treatment that they don't consider to be an emergency. They could ding you to the tune of $12,450 out-of-pocket. Uh, so that is a big step up from the limits uh, uh, in 2022, which were a lot less. Plans can set any amount as their limit up to the maximum. So if you're shopping for Medicare Advantage plans, that's the first question you ought to ask. What is your out-of-pocket limit for in-network and out-of-network treatment? On the other hand, original Medicare, just Part A, hospital insurance, and Part B, medical insurance, has no limit on out-of-pocket costs. For example, when receiving outpatient services under Part B, there's a deductible of $226. And then there's 20% coinsurance, and that 20% has no cap. This is why my clients all have Medicare supplements to cover that 20% coinsurance. So uh, without a Medicare supplement, a beneficiary could face unlimited medical costs, possibly totaling considerably more than the Medicare Advantage plan's maximum limit. However, there's one big but you need to know about, and Medicare.gov does not mention that, or it does mention that when talking about limits. With original Medicare, there's no yearly limit on what you pay out of pocket unless you have supplemental coverage like a Medicare supplement insurance policy. Once enrolled in Part A and Part B, a Medicare beneficiary can choose to purchase a Medicare supplement plan, which is what I sell, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> commonly known as Medigap. The terms are the same. Plans are standardized by letter in 47 states in uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Massachusetts. They're actually calculated differently. They have different names. But in 47 other states, they're all labeled by a letter of the alphabet. Each letter plan offers a different combination of benefits and cost sharing that comes with predictable out-of-pocket costs. For example, the increasingly popular Plan G covers every original Medicare cost except for the Part B deductible, which, as I said earlier, is $226. The plan doesn't have a maximum limit because the beneficiary's costs are capped at the Part B deductible, which will be $226. Uh Let's see. So then they talk about plan K and L and I never talk about them because they add to the complexity. My goal for my Medicare clients is simplification, not needless 
complexity. So that's just me talking back to the article here. Bottom line, Medicare Advantage doesn't always cost less. It's very possible that original Medicare with a Medigap policy, Plan G, can cost less than a Medicare Advantage plan for those with medical problems. Check out these two situations. A beneficiary in Chicago broke her hip. Her medical care included an emergency room visit, x-rays, an MRI, on and on and on, skilled nursing facility stay, outpatient physical therapy. With original Medicare and Plan G, her total costs were capped at $1,637. That's a monthly premium of $117 plus the $233 deductible. Co-payments with a Medicare Advantage PPO plan would have totaled $3,140, so twice as much out-of-pocket for the same injury and recovery expenses. And here's another example. Another beneficiary living in New York may need chemotherapy treatments in 2023. If he has original Medicare with a Medicare supplement plan, uh, G, his annual cost would be $2,662. That's a monthly premium of 203 plus the Part B deductible one time only per year of $226. Uh, that's $206 for a Plan G. That's pretty darn cheap. I don't think you can find that anywhere in New York unless you're out in the boonies in the Finger Lakes regions. <clears throat> if he has a Medicare Advantage HMO, he would pay 20% of the treatments up to an out-of-pocket maximum of $6,500. So if he needs chemotherapy and he has a, a Medicare supplement, then uh, his uh, pocket or his uh, costs are you know, predicted to be around $2,600. If he had a uh, Medicare Advantage HMO, his cost would be predicted to be about three times that. So here's a little sage advice if you're getting ready to shop for Medicare coverage to limit your out-of-pocket costs. If you choose a Medicare supplement plan, you will pay monthly premiums and then have predictable out-of-pocket costs. You will also need to add a Part D prescription drug plan. If you're electing a Medicare Advantage plan, check the benefits and coverage rules and then pay attention to the costs for services you may need. Consider setting aside funds that you might need later to cover the plan's maximum limit. So just a word to the wise, uh, stay away from Medicare Advantage plans altogether. But if you really want to uh, purchase a Medicare Advantage plan because you think it's really cool, then uh, ask them a bunch of questions about their out-of-pocket limits and their other um, plan features that may or may not work to your advantage. So there we are. I think uh, the big clock on the wall is telling us that we've uh, burned up our time. I I feel pretty good about not being a blabbermouth today. We have definitely used our 75 cents up. There's no doubt about that. But there is one thing I'd like to just comment on. Are you going to embarrass me with another uh, ask the insurance guy? No, no, this is this is the real deal. So I would like to consider myself the king of synonyms. Okay. And earlier you had talked about washed up celebrities supporting Medicare Advantage plans. Well, you do pay attention. Uh, what I would like to use in terms of a synonym for a washed up celebrity in this particular context uh-huh. is an old term that has been around for years called shill. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, now let me let me read you. 
Uh, just just real quickly, the definition of a shill. Okay. A shill is a person who publicly helps or gives credibility to a person or an organization without disclosing that they have a close relationship with that person or organization. Ah. Look up shill or shill in the Wikipedia, the free dictionary, or Wikta dictionary. A shill also can be called a plant. Uh huh. Yep. Or a stooge. Yeah. Or a person who publicly helps or gives credibility to a person or an organization without disclosing that they have a personal close relationship with that individual. Now, I would like to point out that in my definition, a guy from the middle of Nebraska, just say it like it is, they are shills. Mm. <laughs> You're absolutely right, because they're being paid generously for yes, their their pitching of the uh, of the phone number. Basically, they just want you to call the phone number and they let the highly trained arm twisters take over. But these guys, have you notice how they have arms? They flail their arms like dinosaurs, like T-Rex dinosaurs. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. short legs and they can't control them very well. So that is always fascinating to me. And secondly, your description rung a bell. Uh, the house that I just sold in Illinois was built by a woman who inherited about 120 years ago, she inherited pretty much all the money in the world from her uncle-in-law who introduced barbed wire to Texas. And the way he was inspired to successfully do that was to watch what you described. It was a snake oil salesman on the back of a wagon. He had gathered a crowd around him, and I'll bet he had a shill or two working that crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and – and this guy was making, pulling in, he was selling his little bottles of elixir uh, hand over fist. And that gave the barbed wire salesman an idea. And just to finish the story, he went out and got the city fathers in San Antonio to allow him to put a corral on the main street. And then he went out to a couple of ranches and got a couple of the, or a few of the oldest and sickest and tamest longhorns that he could find. Because <laughs> Texans did not believe barbed wire would hold longhorns into a pasture. And uh, so he put those longhorns in the uh, the corral. And uh, a lot of cowboys stayed up drinking all night, betting. There were a lot of side bets, betting that those uh, longhorns would trample the barbed wire fence. The next morning at the appointed time, uh, this lady's uncle went around and collected uh, $5,000 in side bets. And this was in, I think, the late 1880s. And uh, that $5,000 was $5,000 back then. And he sold 40 freight car loads of barbed wire on his first day after that oh my gosh that's crazy and then he took that money that he made so successfully and started some steel companies uh u.s steel is uh it was the uh one of the beneficiaries of his his uh industrial largesse but the other thing he did that was fantastic was that he with a few partners started texaco oil that it was named the texas company and their first oil well came in on spindle top and i think 1901 and uh, boy, it was just like a money machine after that. Still oh, producing. Absolutely. So we need, obviously, we've run out of our 75 cents, but I just want to ask everybody on the podcast, the next time you see one of the Medicare Barkers uh, on the air talking about Medicare Advantage plans and all the beauty of the Medicare Advantage plan, I want, I'm going to plant this idea in your head. Instead of looking at them based on what they're saying, 
Think about the three stooges, okay? Just think <laughs> about the three stooges. Would you buy Medicare insurance based on the opinion of the three stooges? So anyway, that's my story for today. We need to go ahead and sign off. I thank you all for joining us. We always do because you could have been 100 different places and you weren't. You were with us spending a few minutes with the Medicare Advantage podcast. And uh, that for that, we appreciate it. We really do. We would like you to absolutely go out and see if you can find a way to give us some ratings in the pod, on the podcast, on the book. Five stars would be awesome. But thank you for joining us today. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, hailing out of the great state of Oklahoma, no more living in Arizona up in the high altitudes behind Cave Creek in Maricopa County. Doug Jones. I can't stop thinking about the Three Stooges. It makes me laugh every time. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us.